Welcome to episode 10 of the Irish Fitness Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Nine Foot Night Killers, one of the up-and-coming brands in the UK. They're also branching into the Irish market as well. Um, we have Neil on later in the podcast. He'll be explaining where the funky name came from. Uh, wearing, wearing their apparel at the moment, yeah. aren't we, Shane? Yeah, training uh, it as well. It's really nice now. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's diff- different kind of nice fit, different material. Uh, he also sent us some of his delicious coffee. And um, he will also be sponsoring um, a great prize, uh, the massage going for this week's competition. If you want to check out their Instagram, it's 9footnightkillers. They also have their web website, 9footnightkillers.com. Um, there's loads of cool funky gear on there, nice tops, um, some other stuff as well that you would like for your, for your training uh, gear bag and stuff like that. Uh, great sponsor and shout out to the guys, shout out to Neil. Um, in today's episode, as I said, we'll be speaking to Neil. He's a military man with a passion for CrossFit um, and functional fitness. So he's been in the military in the UK for 19 years and um, he's branching out now into taking care of people in the functional fitness area and also in CrossFit. Um, he has a fantastic uh, growth mindset, doesn't he, Shane? Yeah, talk really to interesting him. chat about kind of his mindset principles and what he believes in, obviously what he took from uh, being in the Navy, in the military, mm. um, in, in the UK, and all the stuff he's after doing, where he got the name from as well. Mm. It's a really cool story, because obviously a really strange name. Um, but yeah, we kind of delved into his mindset, how he approaches things, how he thinks people should approach things. Yep. Um, even as far as quitting your job if you don't like your job, that kind of that sort of thing. So it's really interesting to listen yep. on his front as well. Very interesting character. Uh, we also will be talking to Michael Welch, the IF3 Masters World Champion. Um, again, Michael, a steady competitor over the last few years. He's had some fantastic results since he's hit the Masters and before then as well. He was a great individual, but really has excelled now and come into his own. Um, and I, I believe that you know, he's a real possibility for an Irish master to hit the games over the next few years. Um, so, next guest up, we have Neil from Nine Foot Night Killers. And today's first guest, we have Mr. Neil Tunstead. He is the owner and founder of Nine Foot Night Killers, a brand that we discovered recently on the internet, and they have um, a big, big interaction with the International Fitness Federation, IAF3. Um, we're wearing some of their fine apparel mm. today. Shout out to Neil for sending us over that. Great t-shirts. Um, yeah. The guys have some great gear and also other products uh, for your gym bag on their website. Um, we, we ran the competition this week for the uh, the massage gun and it's been very popular, hasn't it? Oh yeah, it's at the blowing up. I think there's over like nearly 400 uh, comments up yeah, on pe- it so people far. Love People love those things. Yeah, those man, I'd love one. Yeah. I think I'm going to invest in one. Yeah. I think. How much do they re- retail at? Uh, Neil, sorry. Um, we'll we'll bring you on there first, and we'll talk about some of the stuff. So, uh, how are you, Neil? Thanks for coming on the show. Anyway. Very well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, man. Um, as I said, I love the the new gear you sent us over. Um, the t-shirts. They're a different kind of material than what we normally train in, but they're nice and stylish. Uh, they're comfortable, and uh, appreciate you sending us the coffee as well. Uh, so, Neil, yeah, you're uh, you are the owner and founder of Nine Foot Night Killers. Um, could you give us a little rundown on your background in fitness and whatnot, and uh, how you came up with this fantastic name and, and all the rest of it? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so I've been in the um, military now almost uh, 19 years. And my whole career, obviously, there was an expectation for a certain level of fitness. Uh, and a lot of that would have been uh, relative to the job, and the, which was mostly functional, right? So purely by accident, you didn't even realize you were doing functional fitness. It was just what was expected of you. And then probably about a year or so ago, I um, discovered CrossFit, the brand and the sort of methodology. And I guess I would have started following .com and a couple of other things. I've been to a number of CrossFit gyms around uh, where I'm based and things like that. And then sort of gone back to doing my own thing. Um, through the process, because CrossFit's a trademark, the military, although we can have free CrossFit affiliation, we can't actually have it as a recognized sport. Mm. So functional fitness, um, the IF3, um, is a not-for-profit. And so we can register that as an actual sport. Mm. So functional fitness, the sport, is recognized. CrossFit, the trademark, can't be. So you can go and do CrossFit events, but it has to be under the guise of a sport. The mm. same as, um, I guess you could play in the Premiership, but you're not playing Premiership, you're playing football in the Premiership. Mm -hmm. um, similar thing. So with that, um, probably about two years ago now, we were over in the States sitting discussing with some people who do a similar job as me, um, why there was no overarching brands that actually sort of like pushed um, functional fitness and what everyone else was doing, as opposed to, okay, I'm an apparel company, I'm a massage company, I'm a etc. etc. Mm. Or there wasn't an overarching one that sort of took care of um, people in the military. So from a narrow point of view, I was like, that's a good point. Mm. And a lot of my friends and me discussed it and said that was a good point. So we started out with sort of not lofty goals, basically to provide a central hub for people to come to to find information about how they could move the needle in the functional fitness space, how they could continue to spread that growth mindset that we'd all kind of been spoiled with um, in the military and didn't realize that, you know, just because we were surrounded with it every single day, uh, it wasn't the norm out there in um, the rest of the world. Um, so basically, I've just been doing what I've been asked by the team for the first year. Then come Christmas last year, you know, this kind of picked up and I discovered a lot of people in the civilian sector who um, had exactly the same mindset. But what we found was they were isolated. So that one hour of the day where they turn up to your gym, like Tom, they were really happy. They really enjoyed that. They found the community. But the second they left it and they went back into the rest of the world, they didn't get that growth mindset um, and they didn't see that in the people that they were around. So what we tried to do was set up the website, band it, and, and answer their questions and what they would want to do. So they're like, can you look at this, Neil? Can you go after that? It was just a place for them to come. Mm. The name. Okay, so I think, yeah. where did the name come from? Where did the name come from? Question. I um, I saw it the first time, as I said, um, you st we started to kind of interact on uh, Instagram. And I was like, what the yeah. hell is this? Because it is a very unusual name. Because most brands and clothing, and it's kind of like a given thing that they're one name. We'll say, for instance, Concept and Ollie and, you know, all the rest of them. Um, they pick one name. It stands out. It's very recognizable. Um, so it is unusual to, 
to come across like a four word name for a brand if that makes sense but uh, then we got talking and we had a good i think it must have been a two-hour conversation on ig yep. there one day and uh, you explained about it and uh, it's a fascinating story so I'll, I'll let you tell the guys that yeah so uh i was sitting i've been working small teams for a long time and i uh was sitting on a training uh, option that we were on with uh, some american unit uh, we were sitting in a briefing room, and I'm sure you can all imagine it, something out of the movie. Big, big table in this room, loads of people sitting around it in, like, uniforms and stuff like that. Uh, you know, and they're all, like, pressed uniforms, they're living indoors. And I'm not saying that those people haven't got an important job to do, but they're all looking pretty tidy and pretty clean. Um, and I walked in, and I'd just come in <clears> from minus, like, 21 degrees outside, and I'm probably looking a bit like this a little bit scruffy, a little bit thrown together, and I had all my outdoor equipment on, and I walked into that room and I was instantly dripping sweat. So I'd like stripped off my top and everything. I'm stood there in a sweaty t-shirt with salt lines on it. So, nice. you know, looking pretty sexy at this point. <laughs> um, Lovely, I can, picture, kind of, I can picture it right now, buddy. Yeah, looking a bit scruffy in comparison to the Woo! rest of the community sat around this lovely <laughs> table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I go and take my little sort of place in the corner in front of out of sight, out of mind. And the guy who's sort of like the head of the uh, the job, he walks in, he's running late, and he kind of like throws that classic offhand comment of the senior guy of, yeah, apologies everyone for running late. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't mean it. So, you know, why does he care if people think he's late? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as he walks past, he has to get to his chair, he looks me in the eye and he goes, no, seriously, I'm really sorry. Um, you know, that's really unprofessional to be late. And I'm like, okay, sir. So he sits down uh, and they click up the presentation. The presentation comes up and the first slide, I'm like, I recognize that slide. Guy starts talking, click the next slide. I'm like, I recognize that slide. And he clicks the next slide. And I'm like, I know why I recognize this. It's because it's the brief that I put together the night before and emailed to them. And obviously he's briefing it out, still and listen to this brief, which is basically my own brief or my team's brief that we put together the night before. And at the end of it, the uh, air commander turns around and looks at everybody and goes, has anyone got any questions? And obviously no one says anything. He spins around his leather chair and he looks me straight in the face and he's like, you nine foot night killers got anything to add? Have you guys got any questions? And I was like, that's probably the coolest thing or cool sign I've ever heard in my life. Um, and I was like, no, I think it's a great job. And of course I thought it was a great job. I'm the one that wrote it. You're the fellow that wrote and I'm like, why would I not think it was a great job? He looks at me and he goes, yeah, let's make it happen. And where does the name come from? I've been called a lot of nicknames over my, over my career. Night this, 10-footers, blah, blah, blah. But when I heard him say that, you 9-foot night killers, have you got anything to edit? You 9-foot night killers at the back, you got anything? It didn't matter what anybody else in that room had to say. The go-no-go no go was sat with us. And I just thought that that was impress impressive, that he could see through all the BS. Mm. And he realized when it came to the job, you know, that was the person. And I think there's, we all have one of those people in our workspace, the person that in the gym, in the office, wherever it is, and when you can't make a decision, you look at them and you go, I wonder what this nine foot night killer would say about this. Mm -hmm. And I think in every profession there is one. Mm -hmm. And it's just, he called me that. And I was like, sweet, that's it. That's what it's going to be called. And I went back to the hotel uh, and I bought the domain. There and then. Brilliant. 
That's a great story, man. That's a great story. And it does, when you say that in reference to a person, it, it, you know, it instantly says something that that person is, you know, special or a leader or, you know, someone that uh, you would look to, as you said, for advice or in a sticky situation or whatever, especially in a military uh, point of view. You know, that's a very powerful, uh, powerful name and a powerful name for your brand also. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's simple for me to put it into a military perspective, but that was the first year and we didn't really get on the internet, we didn't really do anything, and it was finding all these other people that were just chasing excellence in their profession um, and had the same broken mindset, but there was just completely nothing with the military that really impressed me. And if you go on our Instagram and you hit our link tree, I've literally just knocked them out because... These people are the nine of their profession. There's people on there that do nutrition. There's people on there that do Olympic weightlifting. There's people, and there's no point me saying, hey, I'm the expert at everything. That's just not how I've been taught to do my business. Mm. And all I do now, nine foot nine kilos has very much changed. What we do now is we just seek out other people who are the nine foot nine killer in what they do, whether that is in the military or in the civilian sector. Mm. That's cool, man. That's Neil, a- you spoke a bit as well on, uh, you just mentioned a few kind of words of like the growth mindset. And then even on the inside of the t-shirts, I thought was really cool was, uh, yeah, I've never whined, never complained, never make excuses. Mm. Is that something you've always carried with you? Or is that just like a military thing that you said, okay, I'm going to carry this into the brand? Uh, I, I think maybe I've just been spoiled. I got, you know, the family I grew up in, I was born in Galway. I think that's probably how we ended up yes. talking. I yeah, grew yeah, up yeah. in an Irish family. <clears throat> Most of my family still live over in Ireland. Uh, my parents live this side of the water, but uh, the rest of them live in Ireland. And maybe I was just told, like, I, we, we own a farm. It was just like, get on with it. Maybe that was it. <clears throat> Definitely the military's done it to me. Um, there's no point complaining. Like, it's raining. We'll put your waterproofs on. Why would you even tell me? It's like, instead of saying it's raining, say, can we stop and put our waterproof coats on? Yes, you know? yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just, I know that sounds like a really small thing. Yeah. Um, and it's like that, that forge not made thing. It's, you're not made to you're in a box. I'm not going to tell your story until we start, you know, when we put you in, a, in the ground. So tomorrow is another opportunity. Today is another opportunity to forge yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another good way of maybe describing that is imagine your parents are two swords. Um, and when you're born, they're both put in the fire, melted down, and then you're hammered into the new sword that you've become, like it's new metal. And you get the opportunity to go to the gym every day and add a new thing to it. You get the opportunity to go and listen to a new book and make yourself something different. And I think Forge Not Made is something that we probably stick hard to. Um, never whine, never complain, because why, why would you? I mean, yeah. what's, how is it going to move the needle for you? Like. Mm. Point out the obvious and tell me how you're going to fix it, um, and I'll track along with that every single day. I will lift that person up. The person who whines and complains, I'm like, what do you want from me? The person that says, this is my problem, this is how we need to fix it, I'm like, I've got you. Mm. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree 100%, man. There's nothing worse than hearing someone complaining about stuff and they're not willing to fix it. Um, I love the saying, um, if you can't change the situation, change your attitude. And what that means is exactly like you said, it means that if you're in a certain situation, you either shut up and get on with it or you do something about it to absolutely fix it and then you can move in the right direction. Yeah, and I'm not saying everyone has all the answers, but what I'm saying is if you ask me genuinely for help with a genuine reason, then I'm going to lean in. 
Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just going to stand there and whine and complain and make excuses. I'm just like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get what you're asking for. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure that wasn't tol really easy, tolerated at all in the military, was it? No, of course not. Like, you, you haven't got the time yeah. uh, and you'll never advance and you're not going to move the mission set or the needle of whatever it is that your unit's trying to achieve forward if you're going to just stand there and whine and complain. Yeah, it's just yeah, not yeah. going to, no one's going to buy that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's something like we tried to bring into the gym kind of recently to kind of get out of the, I don't know, people kind of get in a funk this time of year, especially us being from Ireland in the UK. The weather is not great mm. most of the time, especially at this time of the year. So it's very easy for someone to come into maybe a class or just, or even a work environment and make an excuse. Mm. So if you can set the kind of tone of, okay, today we're not going to complain. Yep. We're just going to, like you're saying, move the needle, which is a really good way of putting it, you know? Mm. It's an interesting mindset. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know that like, some gyms do it they have a set of rules on the wall i know that like so we have these bands and it's like forge not made you hear someone whine or complain same as uh, ben bergeron does in his gym you snap the bracelet and, and we're not swearing at somebody or picking them out mm. like they just hit a band snap next to them and they're like oh yeah okay and it just like brings you back into a line what is that what does bergeron do again he everyone wears a band they and they snap bands, yeah. <laughs> Jim gets a band, and if yes. someone whines or complains, they snap the band. Ah. So you don't actually have to point out to a person. You don't say, yeah, stop yeah, complaining, yeah. it's not whinging, you just snap the band. Yes, I love it. So, I yeah. haven't ordered out. That's, yeah, yeah. That might, that might be a good idea. Yeah, I think, I think even uh, even in Ireland, Jamie Lawler was doing something at his gym, just really? like, okay. no, no complaining, yeah. Love it, love yeah. it. Yeah. Now, folks, <laughs> shut up and get on with it. It's a good one. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's a very interesting thing. And what would you say, like, it is kind of human nature sometimes for people to get whiny and to give in to that kind of stuff. Like, we're not all from a military background. Not everyone, someone may have come from a point of view of, um, you know, they never had any compliments growing up as a kid. They have low self-esteem. Um, you know, they had a tough old life. No one was ever nice to them. They have a rough job that they don't enjoy. Um, how would you go about or what kind of suggestions would you give someone in that kind of mindset if you came across them in day-to-day -day life? We don't want to just um, obviously just snap a man and say, shut up. Is there some way you would deal with that person or deal with them people and try and help them rather than uh, shut their mouths? 100%, yeah. Yeah, I think good for a start. I think, I think they've come from a difficult background, so um, they're going to be strong. They're going to have like some great uh, levels of willpower and um, mm. empowerment because if they've dealt with all of that up to this point, now it's a case of like giving them the tools to communicate it. And, and the snapping of the band thing, you have to understand that rule first, don't you? You have to be in that environment. So if we're mm. coming into your gym every day, Tom, and you're saying, these are the rules, this is the way you conduct yourself when you're in here, then an hour a day, I'm getting that reinforced, reinforced. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. only am I getting the best hour of my day and I'm getting healthier and stuff, but you're getting some structure in that hour, okay? And little by little, you know, let's drip feed it. Um, and if you're, if you're still in front of your class and you're constantly saying the same things, you know, we are doing this so that we can move the needle in our lives outside the gym. Things to think about when you go out in today are this, this and this. Then you're giving that lovely little drip, drip, drip at small portions a day. You get 23 hours of the rest of the day without you and I giving them you know, a load of advice uh, yeah. where they get away from it. Mm. What would I say to that person? What I'd say is, you know, what 
what do you want? What's going to set you on fire inside? And then create some like bright lines in your life that are going to take you towards that. And it will take all the other decision making away. Mm. Yeah, like I want a Ferrari, I want a Rolex. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about I want to have a healthy relationship with my children. Well, if you had a, if you had an unhealthy relationship with your parents, mm. guess what you've totally got? You've got loads of tools. You just go. These are all the things I'm not going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're actually in a, in a stronger position um, to say what you're not going to do, which is takes away a lot of your decision-making process. Mm. Like, you can stand there as an adult and you're like, you've got five decisions to make. Well, if you already know the decisions you're not going to make, one of those bright lines is just going to stand out in your life for you. Mm. Um, and I think for that person, um, what I'd say to them is, you know, Find out what sets you on fire inside. And if that's not the job you're doing, then you have a choice. Um, don't do that job. Yeah. Um, I know you're going to say you have to pay the bills, but... Um, there's always options, isn't choice. there? Your choice is that I'm not going to be homeless. Yeah, there's always options. I think if someone doesn't like their job, then th there is other things, you know what I mean, that people can do. Um, obviously, everyone has to earn a living and stuff like that. But if you're not happy... In someone that, that you're spending 40 hours a week, then it's time to move on, mm. son. You know what I mean? It's not worth it. There's no money in the world. Even if you took a lower, yeah. a lower pay grade or whatever, or you had to change something to, to make things easier, then um, everyone should be striving to find some, or some kind of job they like. Now, obviously, everyone can't like, just quit their job and follow their dream mm. or whatever. No. But, but even that's have something on the side. If you're, gonna, yeah. if you're going to complain about your <clears> job, <throat> that's, that's fine. Plenty of people do that. But if you're working 40 hours a week in a factory or something you just don't want to be doing, mm. you don't see the light of day, mm. you should have something on the side, yes. even at night, doing a night course or Some something. Some kind of side hustle yeah, where you are just chipping yourself. away at something for maybe yeah, a few yeah, years, yeah. you build up that kind of other income yes. or you just a skill, yeah. and then you can make that jump mm. rather than, yeah. we're not saying quit your Absolutely. job in the morning. No, no, no. Yeah. Don't quit your job, folks. I've, I've done it. I just <laughs> no, no, yeah. stop showing up one day. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have to find something that is at least semi-enjoyable. Yeah. Um, that you enjoy the people that are in the job. Mm. And because uh, if you're in a negative environment all day, then you can only get negative, can't you? Yeah, it's very hard to kind it's of... It's very hard to be resilient Just come enough. out of eight hours of something negative yeah, into it's very hard trying to be, be resilient positive, enough. Yeah. So there's always other options, you know. And it's like, like, like to say. Neil's point as well, if, they, if someone comes into our gym or any kind of environment, we can make that the best hour of their day. Mm. And Absolutely. the coach can make that environment That's our job, positive. Isn't it? Make it That's positive. Our exactly. That's our job. Yeah, excellent. You excellent. have that opportunity to just drip those little things in every day. And just th if you're constantly on message, just saying the same things over and over again, it's going to pay off with those people. And mm. um, I don't think people should quit the job. I think you're absolutely right, Tom. And that's probably a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. But if you have a bright line drawn that allows you to get to a point, mm. then you know, like things like saying, changing your frame of mind to saying things like, I choose to, I get to, instead of I have to, mm. or I can't. So it's like, I can't pick my kids up today. Well, if you turn around and say, I won't pick my kids up today, or, or you go, I choose to pick my kids up today, then that's, that's very different. Yes. Um, yeah. You suddenly start realizing what are the bright lines in your life. Mm. Um, because if you're sat at work and you're miserable and you go, I can't pick my kids up today. And I turn around to you and I, you say, why? You're like, well, I've got to do this. And I'm like, okay, so you choose to do that, not pick up your children. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong because what you're doing might pay to put food in their bellies. It might put a roof over their head and et cetera, et cetera. But it's still a choice. Yes. 
We all and when you say that to yourself, those bright lines will start to draw themselves. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So it's about, again, like we said, changing that mindset, no matter what situation you're in. Um, I'm sure you've been in situations in the military where it's not very fun at that particular time, but because of the mental <laughs> conditioning that you've done, you were able to flip it and uh, persevere and change it into a positive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Like, All right, so, brother. Weather is a classic. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I, you, you go ahead with your question. I was just going to say, like, we like to talk about the weather. Yes, Something yeah, we that, do. Uh, we like to go, we laugh about. We do. We, we, we hear, it's a kind of an Irish thing when, uh, when you see someone first, Oh, the summer rain out there today. Or my, my new there. one now. My new what one. It? it kind of annoys people, but <laughs> I keep seeing. I keep saying, like Neil said, I keep seeing the same thing. So yes. I just say, when someone comes in, they say, if it's raining like today, yeah. and say something about the weather, I was like, the country's green, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Keeps, keeps exactly. the country green. So yeah, we're 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 not gonna we're never gonna suffer hopefully from a drought. We're one of the greenest countries so. in the world, and that's yeah, because yeah. it rains a lot. Famous right. for being green. Nationally yeah. known. Yeah. The, the Emerald Isle exactly, or internationally. Yeah. Won't known. be so green if it didn't rain. So right. So brother. It was fantastic talking to you, Neil. Um, we better get Mr. Michael Welch. should be looking at his phone now, wondering why uh, Tom and Shane are not ringing. <laughs> uh, we were supposed to have him on at half eight. But listen, I really enjoyed the conversation, Shane. I'm sure you did oh, as yeah, well. Man. Yeah, really enjoyed it. It was a fascinating insight into the brand. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm 100% behind uh, your whole mentality and mythology and stuff like that. You, I think you have a fantastic attitude about things. And the fact that you have... Um, that kind of growth mindset and you're all about helping people as well is, uh, is really admirable. So um, I think we, we will definitely see you again. We'll have you on in the new year and stuff like that. We'll be talking anyway. And um, as I said, I really appreciate you coming on. Is there anyone you would like to give a shout out to or any last message you'd like to give people? I mean, and I'd like to just ask people to take some time, maybe go to Nine Foot Night Killers maybe on Instagram. Yep. Uh, look at our link tree. Not so much to come and look at us. That's fine if you want to do that. Yes. If you want to go on the shop, there's loads of good stuff on there. Yep. If there's something you'd like to see us do, please lean in with me and message me and ask me, can we do it? Yep. But the big thing I'd like people to do is look at functional fitness as a sport. It's the only way we're really going to get it to the Olympics. Mm. And the last thing I'd like to do is I'd like to, like, uh, I spoke to a lot of the Irish Defence Force guys when I was over at the Philby 150. So thank you for the Philby 150 for having the Irish Defence Force there. And uh, thank you to the Irish Defence Force for their service uh, and all the work they do with the UN. Um, it's been good working with them over the years, and it was good chatting with them at the Philby 150. Mm. Brilliant. Neil, you're an absolute gent. And um, I, I wonder, could you make it over now in uh, July for... Um, the Irish Fitness Championships. Do you think you could pop over for that? I'll be flying back from the States uh, if I do, but yeah, I'll look, to, I'll look at my calendar when I get over to America and I'll uh, let you know. Have a look, man. Have a look. We'll, uh, we have a big weekend planned. Uh, we'll have all the top Irish athletes and all, all the, the, the faces from Ireland here and um, I'd love to have you down if you can make it. Okay, I'll oh. make an effort for sure. All right, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Take Thanks, it Dave. easy. Right. Bye now. Boom. Good. Interesting character, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. He's good. a good dude. Yeah. yeah. I love this story. Shout out to Neil, um, especially about the military and stuff like that. Mm. And then the fact that, again, that he is, he does have that growth mindset. Yeah, and he's all about interesting helping people. Interesting mentality he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, I love yeah. it. I love it. He's very interested about the complaining thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, that's a big thing, you know what I mean? It's easy to give in to... When someone says something negative, then you can go with it and then the rest, and it's like a snowball effect, yeah, isn't exactly. it? Yeah, exactly. 
So uh, yeah, interesting carry that. So up after the break, we have the IF3 world champion, Masters world champion, Mr. Michael Welch. And our second guest today, we have Mr. Michael Welch, IF3 Masters champion and uh, owner of CrossFit Limavady up in the north. Michael, how are you, buddy? How's things? Oh, good, man, yeah. Good. Everything's going pretty well, to be honest. Um, good. Can't complain. Good, good to see you all, man. I really appreciate it. Um, I know as, as a gym owner and an athlete, you're a very busy man, so I uh, appreciate you taking the time out to come and talk to us today. Um, how's things, man? How, how have you been? Um, you, you were recently over in Australia. Um, do you want to give us a little yeah. rundown of how that went? Uh, I heard it was a bit of a success for you, was it? Just a little bit? Yeah, just just a little bit. Hey. Um, it was quite a long time building up, obviously, for myself. Um, I recently, before that, was in London the year before mm. for the International Functional Fitness Federation, the first one, the World Championships. Yes. Can you hear me? And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, buddy. Basically, from there, um, obviously, I got to know Andy quite well, who runs the Irish team. And yes. he was telling me that the Masters was on in Australia the year after, kind of thing. So, mm. it's something I hadn't known about. Um, and just something was in the pipeline for myself. Uh, and obviously, from there, all you really have to do is qualify for it. Basically, we got chatting, was doing the Open, obviously, and representing Ireland and stuff. And if you qualified in first place, then you relatively pick yourself. Mm. So doing the Open in February, that was kind of the goal, was to um, kind of win the Open for Ireland and then see what happens from there. And then everything just kind of led into the, the next thing. And I was in Australia competing and I won, so it was a great experience, to be honest. Excellent, excellent. Fair play to you, man. Congratulations. There's not many people um, on earth that can call themselves world champions in their sport, so that's a huge achievement. And you're flying the flag for Ireland as well, so uh, appreciate that, brother. And what was it like over there? Was it um, how many days was the competition over, Mike? So the competition was three days. Um, for me, really, when, when you go to a competition, I, I say this to a lot of people that always ask me, "What's it like?" I, I find the training to be harder, and I don't mm. mean that in any bad way. I, do, yes. I just find a competition I can like. You, you get nervous. Just for your own expectation, but I don't really dwell on it too much. I find it as a good sort of showcase for yourself to kind of show how hard you've been training, what you've been doing behind closed doors, and like so. As I say, kind of, I kind of feel as if I've done all the work. I just go out and do each workout as best you can. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like the easy part is the competition, really, isn't it? Because you're going out there and you're getting to do something you love and something you enjoy, and you get it in front of a crowd, and especially. If you know you put in the work, then you, you have a good idea, I think, going into a lot of competitions, um, if it's a possibility to make the podium or not. Um, I'm sure you went over there very confident with your past performances and stuff like that. How did the weekend go as a whole? I know you obviously you came out on top. Was there any ups and downs, or did you feel pretty comfortable for the whole weekend, or what, what exactly happened? Well, with the Irish Functional Fitness Federation, they released all the sort of tests beforehand, so... Actually, leading into the competition, I wasn't actually really looking forward to it. And there's a couple of reasons. I, I had got like a, I'm not going to call it an injury, but basically I had, that's what's called gluteal tendinopathy. Mm. So like, since I'd done the qualifiers for Wapalooza, which probably a couple of months, to two or three months out, I hadn't been able to do like an air squat. Like I couldn't squat at all. 
um, just it was too sore. So like weightlifting and anything I hadn't been doing. So I've had a lot of people back me locally through the gym and um, sponsorships and stuff like that. So I was kind of more disappointed because I didn't feel as if I would be able to give my own sort of representation over there and do my best. Mm. So like about, it was probably about three weeks out from going to Australia, they released the workouts. And if I was to sit down with my physio and just make up workouts that I can do now, I probably would make up these ones. Oh, okay. And then I would, you know, so I would probably make them a wee bit easier and make them exactly like this. Mm. So when that happened, I was kind of at a really like level head of like, you know what? This couldn't have worked out any better. It was like, and I don't like saying stuff like it's written in the stars or it's meant to be or something like that. You mm. still have to go and do the work. But when I was in the workouts, like for instance, there was workouts with handstand push-ups, and basically there was a rope climb in that as well. But it was nine minutes of handstand push-ups, and like nice. I know what I can do in that movement. So You're well known for them, all right? You're well known for your handstand push-ups, so I'm sure you were happy when that came up. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. You know, you can kind of when the workouts were released, I really got excited about the opportunity, um, getting to take my family with me, uh, just having them there. Uh, it just helps me to relax. Mm. Knowing that, like everything I do every day is for them. You know, you've kids that watch every day, and people always say, like, "What do you think about whenever workout gets really hard?" And it's, mm. they're there, they're watching. That's all it is. Like they, they can see everything. They look at everything. So that that's the things I think about. So when the workouts were released, I knew that the podium was a realistic possibility for me. To be honest. Brilliant, brilliant. It's nice to have that confidence going into a competition, isn't it? That uh, if you if you perform yeah. well, that you know that you can make the podium, or even better, like you did over there, you can actually win the whole event. Yeah, like even even things like obviously not being able to squat, not being able to lift weights. Like obviously, I'm not going to call it a big weakness, but <coughs> compared to the field that I'm up against, I'm mm. the smallest person there. Mm. There's no doubt about it. Like it's like I'm very small, I'm about 75, 77 kilo. Amazing. So when you hit a machine you're always going to be a wee step behind. So the last workout was a 1,500-meter ski straight into like a trail run for like a mile. Mm. All I had to do was stay within distance in the ski. And because of all I was hammering for months was running, machines, running, machines. So I knew as soon as I got to the run, it's just up to you then. Smashed it, smashed it. Well, Lord, as I say, congratulations yeah, again, man. That's it. And do you will, you will will you automatically um, qualify now for next year's one? What's the plan there? Did, have they announced where it's going to be? Or Australia is a good distance away, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We'll be travelling. Yeah, like uh, coming back, obviously, it was quite hard. But they haven't released officially where it's going to be. But apparently, it's going to be in China. Um, that was just announced over there. So nice. I don't know how that works like, for myself. But obviously. <laughs> I'd be happy to go back and defend what I've done over there, to be honest. I feel good um, and everything else, so we'll see how it goes. Nice. Do you like Chinese food? <laughs> Chinese food, yeah. Uh, well, to be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't thank you for Chinese, to be fair. And I'll uh, chicken curry and a few spring rolls yeah. of a Saturday night, maybe. <laughs> That'd be nice. I, could, I probably couldn't think of anything worse, to be honest. Yeah, for events. Uh, <laughs> oh, you better bring your own food with you then. Get out yeah. to eat naked or something like that and uh, tell them to give you a package well, going over. 
I actually, there's a local company, uh, Marshall House, John Howe, he comes to the gym, he makes meals. Oh, and I okay. actually took them to Australia with me for the first few days. Brilliant, brilliant. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. that's fantastic. That, uh, yeah. Isn't it great in yeah. this day and age that athletes, if they don't need to travel, that they know they, if they know the right people, they can have their nutrition on point no matter where they go. I love that. I love seeing that. Yeah, like for me, that was the biggest concern and going away. Like, um, obviously, Instagram shows you your videos, what you're training. People don't understand the outside of it. Like, I eat the same thing every day. Yep. My meals are prepared for me. So, going away, I know what works for me in the competition. Mm. When you're going to an auto company, you don't know what you're going to eat. You don't know what the routine's going to be. So, you just try and make it as normal as possible. That yeah. was the biggest concern. Yeah, yeah, I bet. I, I, bet. Even, I even saw um, because that, that sanction event was on in China over the weekend, Pandaland. Did yeah, catch that one. Yeah, I think it was only yeah. I think it was only two days, but um, it's like a lot of those American athletes going over there. Like they can't even eat the food there just because mm. you travel so far, exactly. and then you can't so if you can't change yeah. can't change your diet like drastically mm. like that, or else you're not going to perform. So I know a lot of them bring all all their supplements with them, yes. all those prepackaged meals. So it's handy to have a makes company sense, like that, lads. Well. If if you want to perform at your best, yeah. then uh, you want the same fuel that you put in day in day out. It's like do you know what it's like going over to another country and eating their food if you're competing. It's like uh, taking a new supplement, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's like taking something yeah. that you don't normally take, um, especially like you'll see yeah. it. I've I've seen it over the years. Uh, people think that I don't take pre pre workout in any of my training sessions, but I'll take it for the competition, <laughs> yeah. and then they end up bouncing off the wall. They're anxious. They like that crazy the stuff that we, that we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Darren stuff. I love yeah. that man. That's good stuff. Yeah. So you you probably have to your advice to people if they are competing is to keep things in the same routine. I'm sure. Yeah, like for me, that's kind of what's changed. Like obviously going with the daily grind, going with Emma. Mm. Basically, every Saturday for the last three months has basically up to me to see. Like it's, it's like run up in the program, you know what you're gonna do. But it's like eating wise, it's basically competition ready. Okay. Make a carbohydrate shake. Have your good breakfast. That's all you're having, and just kind of see how that works for you. So I kind of know what I have to do and stuff, and that helps so so much. That's interesting. So you brought up the Daily Ground and Emma there. Um, I know you were on JST yeah. for a good while. Um, when did you switch over to the Daily Ground and how has that been going for you so far? Yeah, so uh, basically what happened with JST <coughs> and anybody that knows me, like I, I think I was one of the probably the first ones over here, maybe switched to JST back in, it must have been 2016. And like Great. I loved it. It worked really well. Mm. The reasons jumping over to Emma really was since the opening in February, um, like obviously being on JST, the only real negative for me and like for all of us is we're here on a different island yeah. and there's not that like accountability of like, you know, like for instance, I jumped in a car on Tuesday morning, went down to Emma's house and trained mm. down in Emma's. I can't really do that in JST, so I, I just mm. thought for me to get more for what I'm doing. I need to have that person that's making me accountable for exactly what I'm doing and has eyes on me. I agree. I agree. And um, it's obviously been working for you. So what would a, a kind of a standard training day uh, look like for you at the moment? And your coaching as well. What's a standard day in the life of uh, Michael Welch? Yeah, so uh, it just depends on work. So for instance, me and my business partner, Andy Chapman, we work some weeks out like so a weekend or a week sorry i'll be mornings mm. if i'm on mornings i'm getting up at quarter past four 
Our first class is quarter past five. Woo! That's an early one, isn't it? Now yeah. earlier than us. We're, we're quarter past six hours yeah, down so here. We, we don't like that at before five, so... Uh, and I'm still tired. Just yeah, he's still class. Tired, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's a... Like, so, again, if I'm on evenings, I would take some clients on in the mornings at six, so basically depends what I'm on. So this last couple of weeks, Andy's had a few things on the evening, so I've just been doing evenings. So a typical day for me now would be up in the morning, um, sometimes I have a client at quarter past uh, seven, headed into the gym. Um, sometimes, like, normally I will have like an AM session, so I'll hit that. I'll chill out, probably meet the wife for a coffee, and then basically head back to the gym, do a bit of movement, and then do my lifting or my workouts, whatever I have to do. Okay. And basically get me eating and, uh, and prepare for the classes at half four in the evening. Excellent, excellent. And um, how are you finding Emma's programme so far? Um, I, I know that she's having a lot of success with a lot of athletes and obviously she knows what she's talking about. Um, she's a, a world-class athlete herself. Um, what do you think of it so far and have you seen much of a difference between that and the JST programme? Yeah, for me, the main difference really would be um, obviously working with Emma is first of all, she gets you to go to like, she works with a physio called Linda Brudnell, or the Brudnell sorry, and uh, her second name always confused me. Mm. You have to go and see her first to see if there's any movement issues. Okay. Um, and basically from there, on your program, I'll have like warm-up. And that's basically my Linda stuff and basically all the movement drills and all the stuff that I have to do beforehand. It's like re prehab stuff more than anything. Um, and the way like that's changing my mindset is just like, you know, you have to move properly. You have to look after yourself in preparation for everything you do to sort of for the longevity of what you're doing. Mm. So my mindset's kind of changed on like um, more more care of myself, and then sort of teaching myself of mindset. Like the biggest probably weakness I have in the field is my mindset, and like I can talk about that in a wee bit, but mm. kind of looking to change that basically now is uh, what what really the difference for me. Yeah, and um, you've you mentioned about mindset there. Uh, what what would you would you give us a little example of how that would hinder you or help you or what what are you exactly yeah. you talking about there? I have a, I have a great example actually. It was uh, the first year I done your competition down the AFC. Um, the, the very first day, I absolutely like. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. I think I was in last place after the first day. Um, and I remember just being so disappointed because my family was there and there was a few guys travelling from the gym to watch me and stuff. And I, I know I can do better. Mm. It was actually, remember you had the three rope planes for time? Yes, yes. Four. Oh, mess. Absolute mess. Um, that didn't go well for you, mate. Oh, I don't even know. It just didn't go, not, not because you can't climb a rope. Yeah. It just, do you know whenever you go into something that you haven't really thought about? I yes. was going legless. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to cut my legs. I was like, and then, like then three, four, five seconds, yeah. you end up in the last place. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Like, I didn't realise so that. I remember then, the, yeah. Yeah, if, if you look back at that year, I think it was the year, uh, I'm really sure Mickey Smith won that year as well. Yeah. I think, I'm not sure. Um, that was two, two, so I think 2017, I think, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 2017, yes. um, I'm nearly sure the first day I was last place, Jeez. or near enough. Mental. And like I had expectations of myself all the time, and obviously, this is no different. 
regardless of anybody else you're competing against. Mm. I just didn't see myself sitting in last place the first day. So like the mindset change for me was I think the next day, um, that you'd grace. Yes. Um, and I remember sitting in the warm-up area, warming up for Grace, and I was just saying to myself, a heavy enough barbell, you're really light, you're probably going to do crap in this. Um, and that's kind of always my, because of my body weight, I'm always talking myself out of certain things. But, like, my, my flip mentality is basically, heavy enough barbell, I can move it well, I'm smaller to the ground than everybody else, so mm. I should be faster. That's what my mindset is now. Brilliant. Um, Brilliant. So, whenever, whenever I went out that uh, for Grace in your competition, I actually think I came second overall in that, and I was like, "Whoa, that like was not supposed to happen." Mm. Um, I actually remember our good friend Fitz was uh, <laughs> judging me at the time, Alan, Alan Fitzpatrick. We'll not talk hey, about that, but, uh, shout out to Alan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> he's gone over to somebody. That's the first Somebody sent me a video last night, and uh, it looks like he's working as I a. Seen it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you I saw it on the group. He looks like he's working as a cameraman in uh, for the CrossFit Dubai Championships. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Alan. The first person to get a shout out in my podcast. Yeah. Is Alan, yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I, I remember. Uh, go on, go on. I remember doing the. I remember doing Grace, and uh, I remember dropping the barbell. And I remember looking down the line, and everybody was still going. I was like, "Fuck! Like what? Holy shit!" Um, yeah, and I think my time was at that time. I'm nearly sure it was either one four six or one four eight. I can't actually remember. Um, but yeah, like whenever I sit back and think about that, I, I always be really disappointed in myself for having a negative thought beforehand. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can do so much more, and that's kind of what I'm learning. That's kind of the examples that I have. Yes, and yes. The same, the same thing actually happened in the European Championships. Um, when was that? The same year, actually, we, I think it was with Mickey Smith yep. as well. That The same year, or the 2018, the January, it was Grace again. And I think I came inside, I think, inside the top five, maybe top three. So, mm. they, look, you know yourself, when, when you're on that field, you've got to have a positive mindset with yourself. Mm, absolutely. Don't let that play, don't, don't let that impact your performance. Yeah, yeah, 100% agree, man. Uh, we were only talking to Neil there before, um, before we got you on, about that positive mental attitude in the gym even. So you know the way people can yeah. come in and it's easy to give in to complaining and stuff like that. And uh, they have a great yeah. thing, he told me, over in, uh, over in CrossFit New England, where they're all wearing these little bands on their wrists. And if someone complains, yeah. then they just snap the band. Instead of saying, stop complaining, well, you, you just snap the band and then they know automatically then shut your mouth, you know what I mean? Don't be complaining. It's kind of That's that brilliant. thing. If you can't, if you can't change uh, the situation, you have to change your attitude. And it sounds like that's exactly what you've done. You know, you're not thinking, you're not dwelling on the size, the fact that, okay, there might be bigger athletes on the field. You're thinking, okay, maybe I have a shorter range of motion. Um, I can make up on the body weight yeah. stuff, you know, all that kind of stuff. So that has obviously played well, yeah. you, you know what I mean? 100% into your mental game because you are now a world champion. Uh, you're a master's champion yeah. and you're very successful within that field, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Mm, mm. And that's kind of the difference for me um, from JSTDM. It's just like, if I, I could go through and show you text messages she sent me and it's hilarious the way she just like, it's cutthroat and just, this is the way it is. 
and just think about this, be more positive, and you don't know what can happen. That's kind of the way it is. Like mm. she knows, man. She knows. She's you know what I mean. She's up at the with the best in the world. Shout out to Emma. So yeah. um, I'm sure having that big personal time. touch has made a big thing. Are you on the uh, the personalized program? I'm sure is it. Yeah, I'm on the first one. Yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I've heard great things about it. Excellent, excellent. Hey, so what's the plan for the new year, Mick? Um, I know I shot you a little uh, message there a while ago. We're hoping to come down here and uh, rock uh, Mark Goff and Claxton's world in the Apollo Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the plan, anyway. So, yeah, uh, excellent. Like, for, for me, getting older, um, as long as you're getting better and you're improving, you can, mm. you can keep going. So... I feel as if I'm getting better, getting fitter, getting stronger all the time. So yes. I'll keep going. Um, probably the, the biggest, my most surreal part of CrossFit, apart from the World Championships, was qualifying for Waterpalooza now in February. So yeah, that's amazing, man. Yes. Absolutely amazing. Congratulations on yeah. that as well. Yeah. Um, and how are you feeling go, you. going into that? Is is the 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 injury you had is that healed up now? Are you feeling better? Are you feeling 100 percent? Yeah, so coming back from Australia, obviously what I had said I was going to do just with my wife and my kids there, uh, it went well, which obviously it did. I wasn't going to do anything for two weeks, which I have never done in my life, ever. Mm. And, and, and that's went well. So coming back from Australia, training, everything's back to 100%. So Brilliant. That's excellent, Sweet. excellent. So you have Wadapalooza then in um, February. We're hoping to yeah. hit the Apollo Cup then in May. Um, are you going to give... Uh, yeah. The IFC a world now in July. You coming out to us to, to whip the boys back into shape? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So it's it's actually a good competition for me. We've got good friends down in Waterford, down your direction. So yes, yes. We kind of plan the IFC. I think I've done it every year. I actually got injured last year. I tore yeah, my calf, yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's nothing I could do well this year. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of the ones I could have done it, but I wouldn't have been at a hundred percent. Like there's certain things I couldn't have done. So. Mm. We still came down and give her support, but there's friends of like us, our family, like my wife Tilly and the kids. We go down every year, so we kind of plan it around your competition. So yes. I'll be there. If you weren't injured, this is a good little story. If you weren't injured, Michael was actually considering doing the Masters competition and the RX okay. at the same weekend. So we were yeah. trying to figure. Do you remember we were trying to figure out Jeez. would it be possible yeah. to come up and down to the gym on a Saturday and all that kind of stuff? But uh, yeah. yeah, and I, yeah. I, do you know something? I, I have no doubt you would have done the two oh, yeah. of them and done well in the two of them as well, knowing you. Yeah, that's it's just like I think I think if you hide behind the fact that you're a master, don't get me wrong, it's, there's nothing you can do with your age. You're a master, but I still believe that I can be competitive um, in mm. the RX division as well. Now, don't get me wrong, some of the stuff them kids are doing now is insane. Yeah, but yeah. I know some of the stuff I can do can compete, and that's just yes. you know. Like, never shied away from anything and that's kind of how I've been my whole life like I don't believe that anybody has a right just to say they're better than anybody I mm. believe if you work hard enough then anything is possible yeah absolutely man well you proved that where did you finish in the 2019 Open on the um, on the the, the general uh, leaderboard I know you were first in Ireland uh, in the Masters but you were like was it sixth in Ireland on the on the yeah, RX leaderboard that, yeah yeah, there you go. And you were on the podium in uh, 2018 at the IFC. So you have proven um, over and over again that just peop just because people are masters, then if you dedicate yourself and you, you tick the right boxes, then you can still compete with the youngsters. It's good to see, man. It's good to see. Yeah, well, the, actually, the 2000, was that the 2018? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, were, you came back the year after your 
you were disappointed, and then you right. got back, you got on the podium. That still burns a fire in my belly. Um, that whole weekend, oh, uh, like there was there was seven workouts that year. Yeah. I won five. Oh, what what happened? Where was the, where was the the the? Oh man. <laughs> Go on. So uh, for me, <laughs> oh, tell us, tell us. Go on, you This is like therapy. This is therapy. We're, we think of us oh, as your, think of us as your counselors, and we're sitting down for a chat. Yeah. <laughs> Fifty euros an hour, my friend. Special deal for you. Competitors therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen. I've seen. Uh, do you know? Do you know what? Whenever I think back on it, um, I don't know if you if you've watched the video my wife posted of me doing the ski in Australia. I didn't see it. If you go back and look at it, well, if you go back and look at it on Facebook, you'll hear my young boy Bobby mm. shouting. 150, 147. So mm. like, being like, I, I always, it's not here. This is this is not nothing to do with anybody else. It's kind of just the way it is. Mm. Being from Limavady, you're basically just on your own. That's we're so far away from everybody. So uh, when I went, the one thing that really sticks out in the IFC that year was the row. Remember the row was scored. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There was a one k row. And it was part of a larger workout with a run and a sled pull and then back to a row yeah. again. But the first part was scored separately. I'll bring up the second part. But the first part was scored separately. So, like, the 1,000 metres. And, like, it wasn't, it wasn't that I was like, gunning for the 1,000 metres. And it wasn't that I was sandbagging the 1,000 metres. I was just sitting at a pace. I thought, you know what? Yeah. That'll be competitive. But I had nobody. Like, I could see all these other people like Rob and even we, Kurt, had all these people behind him saying... 150, 149, 146, 144, they're obviously telling them what everybody else is at. Okay. And I didn't know, so like, I think I finished in ninth in that mm. workout by, and I think there was nine seconds difference. Like, when I look at myself finishing the row, in no way was I, like, feel as if I, I, I couldn't pull another second, another two seconds, three seconds, four, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and then obviously the second part I went and I won the second part as well so I think there was two two I didn't win Yeah. I think the row killed me but the cleaning jerk I was actually second and I got a PB that day but do you remember the the sled all the boys complained to you yeah 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 there was a bit of rope rope tying or rope pulling yeah, or something going yeah. on there yes so, yes Fucking that, was that Claxton? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Kev. He's always in the middle of a fight. He's always, he's always in he, the middle of everything, isn't he? he? He was my judge. I'm nearly sure he was my judge, right? Right. And I got up before it started and I says, can I do this with the rope? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. I was like, right. He, want, he wanted so, you to get disqualified, Mick. That's what it was. Oh, fuck. And then, so, I actually remember you coming up with the... Like, I'm... I'm easy to get on with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I go back to my conversation. Like, I understand what I can do in certain things. Mm. And I know when it comes to a running event that you'll be a good runner if you're going to be ahead of me. And that's, and that's not me being cocky, but my background is football. I've always ran. And I remember saying to you whenever you says, like, what should we do about a penalty? You know, and I says, look, I'll tell you what we'll do. Line everybody up and we'll do the event again. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I think that's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes no difference. I was there, Mick, that's probably not practical now at this stage, but uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you were a sport and about again, it. It's not a cocky thing. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's. That clacks, that's fucking clacks. <laughs> he is. He's always he's the instigator of uh, most uh, 
that <laughs> most shit that yeah, happens in yeah. in everything. It be it on the gram or in person, like you experienced. Uh, yeah. It was a good old buzz, though. Yeah. Hey, look, you, you you know these things happen, and uh, there's always them workouts. I, I think either in the open or in competitions where you say, "Oh shit, I could have done way better at yeah. that." You know mm, what I mean? Yeah. But uh, it's the consistency. And is, do you know what? And I hate even thinking that. Mm. It's hard to think that because you do you do what you do in the moment, and that's just the way it is. And yeah. that's why I like competition because yeah. I'm not a fan of the open. This whole repeat and all this crap, I think it has to be looked at to see how do we make it better. Mm. A competition gets better. You don't do well in the workout, you get pissed off and you move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's a tough one and the open with the the repeats. You can repeat it like basically as many times as you want. Um, is it is yeah. it fair? I'm not sure. <laughs> because some people might be off for a few days, but then other people might only have one shot at it. Mm. So it's it's not fair yeah. in terms of that. Um, but uh, yeah, again, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about that. I like the idea that you can repeat it. And I also like the idea that they give you a window oh, yeah. of four days because some people might be at the making on a Friday. Say if, if they release the workout and they said, right, you have 24 hours to do it, it might... Yeah. Uh, take away obviously the serious competitors are going to plan their you know their months around it and they'll take holidays yeah. if they need yeah. it but for the general population it would limit it a lot I think because a lot of people mightn't necessarily of be course. able to make it at that time but even maybe if they had it if they said right on a Saturday or a Sunday and everyone has to do it on Sundays most people are free but yeah I suppose it's other it's other questions and ponderances uh, that uh, Castro will come up with over the next few years what would you like to see then ideally in the Open it kind of it kind of comes back. I listened to your podcast last week with Mark. Yeah. Um, and it kind of comes off the back of what he was talking about. Now I'll be honest. Some things I didn't really agree with, yeah. not in a bad way. Just yeah, yeah, in my yeah, own yeah. head, I was thinking, right? <clears throat> do you know what? Nah. But like, kind of what he was saying about affiliate owners and having more responsibility. Look, mm. the bottom line in Ireland, okay? Like, there's a lot of affiliates. Like, there's yourself. I'm an affiliate owner. Mark's an affiliate owner. Mm. We know who roughly is going to be contending for the national championships yes we all know like we know who these people are going to be right there's no hidden secret no so you're kind of waiting there monday night and you're waiting to see these scores and sometimes they don't even go on the tuesday yeah. wednesday which is fine yeah but i think collectively we, we could be making a thing for the sports side here yeah. where like Obviously, there's a wee bit of planning to this and everything else, but like at the end of the day, if you look at locally, like they do all these live announcements online, which is great. Mm. You can watch them. Why are, we, why are we not picking place? They say, right. Now, I understand that it's a stressful time, but I think we could be helping the athletes with the stress they're under. They take it away. Yeah. They say, right, Tom, I know it's a wee bit far away, mm. but obviously all the affiliates can come together to put these athletes and make them more as comfortable as possible for that time. Yeah. We're going to do... Uh, 21.1 in Waterford. Mm. We're going to have the top 10 of the Open last year come and do it together. That's their score. Mm. That would be amazing. Mickey Smith uh, had the same kind of, Mickey like, Smith had the same kind of idea. If, even that if he leaves that... Go ahead. Yeah, oh, sorry, right. I was just saying Mickey Smith had a, the kind of same idea as that. Why don't we get everybody kind of in the live competition because mm. that's what the real kind of... We, we talked about are. that before, didn't we, Michael, on our, uh, on our Masters group about some kind of a central location. Yeah where people could come and, uh, and like, they could all compete against each other. And like, if, if, you, if you have the person that's saying to you, no, I'd rather repeat it, then 
have the live announcement like kind of on the Monday. Mm. So say, right, everybody's going to do this workout on the Monday. You can do what you want on the weekend leading into it, mm. but you're going to go for this workout on the Monday. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool. And that's, you know, I know and I understand, but I think it would take a lot of pressure off them and give a wee bit back to the affiliates as well. Like, for instance, if people were coming across at Limavadi, my members would love to see, like, because like all our members do the Open. Mm. And like, the one thing about CrossFit that I love is no matter who you are or how good you think you are, there's always somebody better at that workout. Mm, mm, Unless yeah. you're Matt Fraser. Hey, so there you go. Whenever, whenever you do, well, yeah, whenever you do a workout, there's nothing better. And the questions are always asked is, geez, how, how could they do that so fast? Mm. If you're able to sit there after, say, your Friday night lights in the box, come Monday morning, you're turning up to your box or my box, mm. and you're watching the best in the country do the workout faster, then you'll turn around and say, that's how they do it. That's mm. exactly how they do it. Mm. It would be amazing, all right, wouldn't I it? Don't know how, to see all of them um, in the one place doing it. Um, that was my yeah. kind of vision with the IFC, and I think we're getting closer to it every year now, is to get all the top boys yeah. and girls in the same place so people can watch them, because... Even at regionals and stuff like that, only a few of the top people get to go. Or um, the paired competitions and the, the team competitions are fantastic. But I love, there's nothing like seeing the top boys and girls go head to head. Um, wow. I, as I said, I think we, we, last year we took a good shot at it. There was a couple of people not there or whatever. But I'm hoping this year now, um, with using the Open as a qualifier, um, I'm, I'm praying to the CrossFit gods that we're going to get as many of them down as possible, especially on the boys' side. You know, yeah. Emma's that outlier, and um, she always has things yeah. locked up, but it's very close on the men's side, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Like, I think you kind of get together every workout, and, and this kind of goes back to conversations you have saying, oh, I think, I think Mickey or PD or Sam for this one. It's just... Mm. You always think you know these people's weaknesses, and then you see the scores, and I'll be like, whoa, crazy. So, yeah. like... Yeah, I, th I think it would be just a great thing. And again, it goes back to Mark's conversation. It's not saying that like, it's all about the elites, mm. but like, could you imagine, like, for instance, a couple of years ago, a good friend of mine, Peter Mitchell, is in a wheelchair. He used to play professional football. He had a car accident, so no longer has use of his legs. He'd done the wheel wad open two years ago, and we had like a crowd around it. Imagine he was on beforehand with yeah, other yeah. adaptive athletes as well. Yes. It's a whole community. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. So much you can do. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree. I agree. I suppose it would be up to the athletes themselves or if there was some kind of rule change or whatever. Um, until then, I think we're going to have, just have to put up with waiting Tuesday morning and seeing their scores and yeah. seeing how things yeah. played out and stuff like that. Um, right, but so, I think as well, the yeah. problems we have with getting CrossFit recognised as a sport mm. is... For me personally, I think too much is done behind closed doors, so yeah, nobody yeah. knows. Yes. Whereas if you're putting more things out there, more people will know. Yeah, well, that's it. You see, because you're competing against the clock, it's not like you're a team versus a team or an individual versus yeah. an individual in a fight. Say, you're literally competing yeah. against the clock, so it can be done anywhere. And uh, with yeah. being done anywhere, then comes the closed doors, and with the closed doors, then. Uh, be, it creates all kinds of problems. You know, I'm sure you know yeah. most of the people will be very uh, honest with their scores and their weights and their, all the rest of that kind of business. But uh, there is, it does leave it open to, to we'll say, um, uh, temptation and stuff. You know what I mean? Until, until it's the, it's the, it's the evil that uh, the open has created, I suppose, isn't it? 
you know, again, with live competition, we all get to see. Um, but because the nature of the Open, um, the original idea being that the Open was done and then if someone did make up funny scores or whatever it is or they weren't capable of doing the workouts, then they would be found out yeah. at regionals. I remember I went to regionals in um, 2013. I had an athlete over there and uh, we were on the floor for one of the workouts. Um, I was standing by and um, there was a girl who couldn't do double unders. Regionals athlete. She was trying to skip okay, away. And the whole crowd, everyone was kind of looking at her after a while. I think it was 100 double unders and 100 reps of a few other ones in 2013. And Mick, she could literally do about 10 double unders in the 10-minute cap, I'd say. Yeah. And you're thinking That's to yourself, crazy. what the fuck is going on there? You know what I mean? But these things happen. But now, like you said, with, um, the, with regionals being gone, then it's completely up to the open, isn't it? Oh, it's like the the carrot dangling in front of you is absolutely massive. Yes. And like f for me as an affiliate owner as well, you, you, you want to. I think if you have an and has a chance of getting there, you need to take responsibility. Yeah, I you agree. You need to make sure that the pressure they are under, because there is massive pressure. There's no doubt about it, mm. and not everybody can handle that. You need to make sure that they're in a they're in an environment where they can't make any mistakes. It's mm. as simple as that. Mm. I think so. I think uh, if you have an athlete in contention of either being the national champion in even any division, be it Masters or Teens or oh, uh, the big one, yeah. then obviously the, the RX ma uh, champion going to the Games, then I think it's the affiliate owner's responsibility to not, only, uh, not, not necessarily have to judge them, but definitely be there when their score is being oh, judged mm, so they can yeah. supervise it and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. And I know it's hard as well for affiliate owners as well. Don't get me wrong, it's really difficult as well. But mm. um, you can kind of probably stamp that out at the start. to understand like the pressure under somebody in that environment? I can like look look at us competing in the open. Mm. It's five weeks of uh and, yeah. and like we're not at that. We're not at the games target. So I could only imagine what that's like. Ah, you are, man. You're at a level now. You made it into the two hundreds, <laughs> and I'm sure uh, I, I I would say that. If you don't come close to getting to the games in the 35s, I think you'll 100% make it in the 40s. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. It's something, again, I go back to mindset. It's, I'll never say never. Mm. It's definitely something I would love to happen, but, like, it's so, so, so difficult. Like, you, you yeah. can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, again, I'll go back, and I'm not talking negative in this, and I know people inside the top 10 who... A month beforehand, I had competed against in the European Championships. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. But again, it's very hey. difficult to get inside that top 10. Um, I think if I was going to have a realistic goal for mm. me personally, it's just to do as well as you can. It's just so difficult. And, and over a weekend and the online qualifiers, they finish inside that top 10. But I'll never say never. Yeah, no doubt about it, buddy. Right, Mick, um, it was absolutely fantastic talking to you. Before we wrap it up, would you like to give a shout out to anyone um, or any of your sponsors, um, coaches, anything like that at all, or anyone else you want to say hello to? Uh, yeah, well, obviously for my wife, Tilly, and the kids, um, legend, like everybody legend. always says to me about sacrifices. I don't feel as if I sacrifice a while lot, to be honest, mm -hmm. to do what I do, but I do feel as if they sacrifice every single day. Um, so my wife and my kids, everybody across the Lima Valley, um, all the community I have there, Again, Australia wouldn't have happened with all my members um, there. And 
you know, all the local businesses that helped me out, like Ronan Keeley and John Howes and everybody. So I really appreciated all the help, um, and that's kind of it, really. Brilliant, Mick. Um, all right, so, buddy, as I said, thank you very much. Um, do you think you'll make it down next week there for the Christmas special, or are you busy? I know it's a busy time of year for family, man. Yeah, it's busy. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely try my best. It's try our best. Yeah, try, try our best. best. Um, for me, just to go down and shut Claxon up for a wee while. Yay! Famous crossfitter for no profit. Yeah. It's amazing. He is, he is. Oh, that's cool with the He's day. carving out his yeah. own niche with his, uh, with his he's madness. Fucking, <laughs> he's like, he's like, He's, he's down at the Filthy 150 and some of my members like, oh, can you get me a picture with Kevin Claxon? I was like, why he goes, oh, watch the Claxon project. Uh, so he's famous for being a gobshite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's famous for being famous. He's like the Kardashians, isn't he? Oh, Fucking hell. He's, uh, like, he's like the wee puppet that's lying on your back the whole time. Like, yeah. <laughs> Mick, he gives, he gives all the lads an awful time yeah. on the Masters group. It's hilarious. So. All right, my friend, I'll leave you go anyway, and uh, hopefully I'll see you um, next week. If not, um, yep. we're going to get together for that Apollo Cup, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Perfect. All right, my friend. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Thank you. Boom. Done. That was a good conversation, man. Mm, I enjoyed yeah. that. Absolutely. He's a gent and he's a world-class athlete. Yeah, very and good. a good family, man, as well. So look at his, uh, his Instagram. He's always shouting out the messages of the mm. kids and all that. Really good dude. Right, so that's a wrap for episode number 10. So Jeez. we're into double digits. Uh, go us. <laughs> <laughs> go us. I didn't think... Uh, we, we had originally committed to six episodes, yeah. so it's nice to get to that 10. And uh, we're going to keep it rolling into the new years, guys. Um, next week now we have uh, episode number 11. It's going to be our Christmas special, isn't it, Shane? Yeah, we have that. a couple of uh, national celebrities coming down, hopefully to visit us. Mr. Uh, Kevin Claxton and Alan Burnell. And uh, like you heard there as well, uh, Michael Welch and maybe a few others. Uh, we're hoping to get Morris down as well. I'm sure everyone knows Morris from being around yeah. about the comps and whatnot. At every and, uh, we'll see. We'll see what else we can get get together. We're going to have uh, not uh, mulled wine, but tonic wine. <laughs> a few of them, few shortbreads. We we'll get the hats on. We might even have a Santa suit. We'll see what we can do. Uh, until then, folks, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs>